What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the State of the Nova Nation podcast. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And we are coming at you on a little bit of a somber note today. Right after Villanova's first loss of the season, a 76-72 to loss on the road at the Palestra to the Pennsylvania Quakers. First loss to UPenn since the 2018-2019 season, Pat. Not bringing back a ton of good memories, and it was overall just a really painful game to watch on Monday night. The second choice for a reason game uh, with, with Javon Quinterly there after Villanova dropped that game at the Palestra. But we know college basketball is a, a long season, you know, going from November into, into early March. Uh, here's the first punch in the mouth um, that this Villanova team has taken with a lot of new faces, a lot of guys in different roles than they were a year ago. And the question is going to be, how do they respond to going into a big game on Friday? Because Oof, Monday night was ugly as they kicked off the uh, new look big five play. Yeah, you're right. And it's only getting harder for here on out. I think a regression was expected because this team had been looking so fluid on offense. Seemed like it was taking strides on defense or was at least addressing its one true weakness, which was its perimeter D You know, there were really no issues in terms of chemistry or cohesion with four big-time transfers and everything. The worst-case scenarios came out on Monday night in that four-point loss that, if not for the last two minutes, I think could have been closer to, like, eight or ten points, which Mm -hmm. is even worse to swallow after that. But we're going to go through it like we always do after these recaps. I can assure you that Pat and I are having as bad of a time recording this episode as you are listening to it so we appreciate you sticking with us (laughs) uh but where do we start do you want to start with the zone defense here yeah that's the first thing that stuck out to me i mean what what steve donahue went to with penn immediately and stayed through throughout the game was a, a zone defense for penn to try and throw villanova off uh Obviously, it worked really, really well, and I think the frustration in a lot of it is especially in that first half specifically, Villanova played into the zone defense time and time again. Uh, Just a lot of dribbling around the perimeter. There wasn't a ton of ball movement. I want to say they finished the first half with only two assists, which really summed up that lack of ball movement. There were a ton of contested threes that went into it, and the team just looked like they were not comfortable at all facing a zone and trying to break it down and move them around like chess pieces. And I think that's a huge point of frustration for a lot of people exiting uh, that loss on Monday. Yeah, it gave me bad flashbacks to last season when this that team just wasn't equipped to shoot like it did this team tonight shot i think it was 27 percent from three which is nowhere close to where it needs to be i think penn deserves a lot of credit for a lot of different things they did on monday i don't think they were particularly genius on defense villanova literally just could not play out of the zone penn was forcing them into contested shots like you said villanova wasn't running any runners on the baseline It allowed Penn to control the tempo. It forced mental mistakes. It forced Villanova into too many one-and-done possessions with just bad shots. And I think what worries me, on Thursday, I think we're going to do our our fun mailbag, and I think we can talk maybe more in the future about questions about this team. This is going to be more instant reaction because Pat and I are recording literally minutes after the game ended on Monday night. But the zone defense and the way that that Penn – 
was able to disrupt Villanova offensively and what Lemoyne did on mm-hmm. Friday night by double and triple teaming Eric Dixon and completely eliminating him from the equation. It feels like those are two easy is obviously not a perfect word because it's not easy to completely eliminate Eric Dixon. It's not easy to push Villanova off of its usual style and tempo, but those are things that future opponents can cling on to. They can maybe experiment with a zone because they saw how poorly Villanova handled it on Monday night. They can try and triple uh, Eric Dixon as soon as he touches the ball because that obviously worked when LeMoyne did it and he got completely shut out. So those are the two things that, yeah, not all teams in the future are going to play zone defense against Villanova, but it certainly has been working for these teams. Villanova got away easy against LeMoyne because their offense showed up and you saw on Monday night they just could not make any shots in the first and second half. Yeah, I actually, I think that'll be curious to see if any other teams try and replicate it because I wouldn't call it a blueprint game for other teams in terms of that zone. Because if you're not practicing a zone, a team is most often not going to go to it in that uh, in that scenario. But they show that they really struggled with it. What I think it really came to is just quite simply Villanova didn't hit shots, which seems like an oversimplification. But they were shooting 38, 39 percent from beyond the arc in the first two games. They come out here and they shoot 27 and it didn't really feel like they were even at 27 until the end of the game when some of those threes from like adjusted more really started to fall there. So I think when you when you combine just how much of an off night Villanova had and how horrible it was and then Penn just did some things right in, in that stretch, it exacerbated the problem here and it put Villanova in a very difficult position where they were forced to try and come back basically down 10 points with a minute and a half left and they when they finally started going at the basket, you know, they made a little bit of that furious comeback, but I, I don't think people really believe Nova was ever going to be able to fully close that gap once the deficit got to 11. Right. I, I don't think it was ever a, a true possibility, but in those final two minutes, like you said, there was a spark. There was life. There they was. were offensive rebounding. They had defensive intensity. They were finishing around the rim. I mean, how many times did I scream at the TV because the, easiest two-foot jumper you've ever seen in your life just didn't go in yeah truly how many how many bunnies did tj bamba miss how many bunnies did tyler burton miss and sometimes i I don't disagree i don't hate your point about the oversimplification of they just didn't make baskets no there were there were other things that they did poorly and there is a hell of a lot to fix before that friday night game against maryland but this was just a bad effort all around i think penn came out really really hot they played very intense all game long. Steve Donahue, the conditioning, they played well and they made big shots and their guys just, they they looked like they wanted it more, especially down the stretch because they just brought a lot more intensity on both ends of the court. And despite the bench depth that Villanova has this year, they couldn't match up. No, I mean, Spinoso and Perkins specifically played phenomenal. Um, with foul Quakers. trouble too. With foul trouble, especially Spinoso there towards the end of the game. Uh, and then for for Villanova, it you know uh, the American game was really good. I think everyone felt very strong coming out of that. The Lemoyne game, like you look at that final score, they won comfortably, but it, it wasn't great, especially defensively. Um, this game here against Penn was the first time where it felt like okay, these guys really are like tr- there's a bunch of new guys in the system trying to fit in here because Burton, Bamba, uh, Hart, and and Ware really did not get going at all. I mean, they shot a combined four for 15 
from the field. Um, it, it Burton really struggled to get into the game uh, in ways that he had his fingerprints all over the first couple Bomba, it just felt like was starting to force some of those shots, especially around the perimeter. Uh, I would have loved to have seen him use that quickness that we saw uh, in those first two games a little more often to try and create around the rim. Um, this this felt disjointed from the get go. And I don't think it's overly shocking that that can happen here early in the season for a team that has had so much turnover. Just, of course, with how things started, you're thinking, oh, wow, they really are meshing. We saw the buy in, you know, with all the hustle and attitude plays and all of that. This is the first game where it's like, all right, yeah, there there are definitely still some steps that these guys have to take to mesh together. Totally. And I think that's okay. They're allowed Mm -hmm. to struggle early on. Right. But what I think we needed to see more of then was the veteran step up. And you saw more step up. He finished with 25, but four for 11 from three is not what anybody wants to see. And I think at least two of those were late in the last two minutes late. I mean, Eric Dixon really didn't make his presence known despite having a size advantage the entire game. I felt like this was a game that Villanova's front court could have resurfaced and really dominated down low. And they didn't do that. You saw Mark Armstrong pick it up a little bit again in the final two minutes, but he could have used that quickness to get to the basket. Like you mentioned with Bamba, same thing. Hawson wasn't able to hit shots. It just, it truly felt like the perfect storm of, yeah, that's okay if the transfers aren't clicking because you can give them some of a grace period, but then the veterans need to step up on offense and take over, and it didn't feel like they could do that either. No, and I mean, you got 14 from Jordan Longino. Getting four, yeah, he had Jordan a good Longino. game. Jordan he Longino, had a good game. if it, Justin Moore is your, your player of the game for Villanova because he was able to basically will them to keep them in this game, Jordan Longino was number two with the game that he put forward. I thought he was lively on defense. Uh, he was getting to the rim. He used both hands to finish around the rim. He made his free throws. was really impressed with Jordan. He was also the first player off the bench for Kyle Neptune, which I think continues to show the trust in him. Down the stretch in a close game, too, Longino got a lot of play out there. He has earned and is continuing to earn this coaching staff's trust, and I think that's a really nice, bright spot to try and look at for what otherwise was a very, very bleak performance. No, I feel the same way. And I think he he brought that intensity the entire game. I thought this was going to turn into a Longino, Hart, Burton, Bamba, like strong, gritty, guard wing type of game because the ball just was not going through the hoop. So you might as well find big rebounding guys and guys that are going to go that are going to throw their bodies on the floor for the 50-50 ball but i mean they got out rebounded by Penn. is did i it felt like that at least do we have the actual numbers on the team reboundings totals uh, pen out rebounded them by 3 yeah i mean that's not stark but you can't get out rebounded by pen when you have a size advantage how many times was the ball tipped around six times around the rim i mean the broadcast just could not let dixon have any sort of a breather on his poor rim protection skills <laughs> we, that we was could brutal do a whole, we could do a whole segment on the, the broadcast <laughs> from tonight and the years off my life i think i uh, i lost from listening yeah, to that that was that's called a homer 
broadcast oh, just, for all those that bit. are unfamiliar with the I term. mean it it started with and I I don't mean to pick on them but I'm going to pick on them a little bit. It starts with the sideline reporter forgetting Kyle Neptune's name uh and just saying the Villanova head coach with a freeze and then going into it and it ends with uh the play-by-play guy calling us the Villanova Hoyas before changing to Yeah, the he did. The Hoyas. Hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean if you just want two points to sum up what we all had to endure on on Monday night, I'd go with those. Yeah. I think it's easy to nitpick. I mean, the mental mistakes drove me absolutely crazy. The the miscommunications over ball handling and poor foul choices and just not being keep up, not being able to keep up on defense. Those are things that need to be fixed. And I'm sure Kyle Neptune will have let them have it in practice. But it's also hard to not go any further than they shot less than 35% from the field and 27% from three. And I just don't think that is going to be categorically true for the rest of the season. I think this is a better offensive team than that. Yes, they have weaknesses, but they're going to be able to gel more than they did against Penn. Yeah, absolutely. It it really is. It's more on defense is where I'm worried about. They gave up 76 to Penn. Of course, that number gets inflated um, by, by the end of the game and getting sent to the free throw line. But especially teams early have picked on Eric Dixon. And it's not so even just the... Uh, rim protecting ability that you may say but uh, Lemoyne did this wonderfully and this was something that champion did to really help run that Lemoyne offense was isolating Dixon on on smaller players and being able to drive past him and either create opportunities for the guard there or find other kickouts Penn was doing the same thing I mean how many times did Slatchert get Dixon switched on to him on the perimeter and we know that Villanova switches five ways and, and especially with Neptune here he he hasn't been inclined to bring additional help to try and give support to Eric when he's been thrown out on the perimeter. I think that may have to start to change as teams continue to really key in on that. Cause Eric Dixon is way too important of a player for Villanova to say, not want him on the floor, but every team is seeming to, uh, to really zero in on that as a potential Avenue to facilitate offense through. And it, it's gotta be something they're going to need to look to address. I agree. And I think a, residual effect of that is that Lance Ware is getting less time on the court he, too. He barely played in the second half. Yeah. And it's because I think it's because he just couldn't keep up defensively with that scheme. And I truly believe I will die on this hill that Villanova can play through that front court this season. And that can make them so lethal with that size, that rim protecting ability and just the ability to play through the paint and being able to have Dixon move out a little bit, hit that three, et cetera, you know, the drill, but if, they, if opposing offenses are exploiting Dixon the way they are, it's going to be 10 times worse, mm-hmm. 10 times worse with wear on out, out there on the court. So, yeah, I yeah. think that's the reason why he didn't play at all. And I think something's got to change, whether it's what you said about bringing help or implementing some sort of different defensive scheme so that that happens less. I, I would have liked to have seen Kyle experiment a little more um, with trying to find ways to break down that zone. I mean, the playing small and, and just walking around the perimeter clearly was not working. Uh, no. we, we saw that with the ball movement. I mean, why I would say try something with Ware and Dixon out there, something we saw during week one. I'm not sure we saw that lineup combination uh, here on, on Monday night. I at least don't remember it happening. But, you know, do a heart Dixon Ware front court and really try and wear um, pen down and, and see if you can get to the basket. That just 
It didn't happen there. The one adjustment I do give Kyle credit for was that he did switch Dixon out from the middle of the zone, the high post, yeah. and, and substituted in Justin Moore to, to be in that position when uh, Armstrong was really bringing up the ball more. I thought that was a solid adjustment to make just to try and run with a more of a playmaker there that you feel better, A, about his ability to jump shot from there, and B, uh, the, the chance to pass and find an open shot for someone else. But it felt like they could have tried to go to that every single time down to really break down the zone. And it, it came out sparingly. It was still a positive adjustment, but I would have liked to have seen more. I mean, more had like five feet of space around him to shoot the mid range from the free throw line every single time. And he either didn't, or he did and he missed it. So it was just one of those games. Truly. It, it was, it was just one of those games. I agree with you that I thought that was a nice adjustment because Dixon was also getting similar space and also just couldn't hit and wasn't driving to the basket when he needed to. But yeah, I I thought that was a good adjustment. I thought there were questionable timeout decisions in this game, which isn't something that I'm happy to talk about because I'm sick of that from last year. I know. But momentum is lethal. Momentum is such a thing in college basketball, especially, especially at the Palestra. I mean, you can hear the building rocking after Penn. I think that was when they were up 11 or eight or something like that. And that's a, a good time to call a timeout and reset because Villanova's greatest strength will always be its ability to control the tempo. And it didn't feel like they were ever, ever able to exert that because they were so disjointed on offense, missing so many shots and then couldn't get back to defend properly. So they Penn did a phenomenal job controlling the pace. They did. Uh, I'm sure there are going to be a, ton of things said about kyle neptune on twitter slash x uh tonight for it listen we we've made our stance pretty clear here that we think kyle deserves time uh to be able to implement this system and then last year was we all know what they had to deal with there games like this though don't help his case in, in a mm-hmm. lot of people's eyes and i i think that's understandable though i also think it's a little crazy to go off the rails for one early season game agreed agreed just something to monitor. <laughs> something, just something to monitor. I'm trying to think about any other, uh, any other thoughts I had. I think they had just done a good job of kind of building on weaknesses from last season and ways that the transfers were hel- were filling holes, like like the rebounding, and that just felt like such a glaring hole on Monday night and. I just start to get really worried about the size that Villanova is going to get, the intensity that they're going to get with the Maryland on Friday, the Texas Tech, the Kansas States. Like those teams are gritty and tough. And besides that American game, there's obviously only been two games since, but it doesn't feel like that intensity has been matched over the last two games. Do you agree with me there? Yeah, I, I think that's probably understandable for bringing in LeMoyne. Um, on, on a Friday night, uh, listen, the pavilion wasn't exactly hopping for it. I, I wasn't in the building for it. It was a good crowd, but it wasn't crazy by any means. We know it's Lemoyne's first week uh, in Division One college basketball. There is not an excuse for going to the Palestra and playing Penn, a rivalry game in the Big Five, and coming out as flat as they did where they started like one for 11 uh, from the field and, and just had absolutely zero sort of rhythm. Uh, and weren't able to really take Penn out of a rhythm either. That that just that cannot happen. 
um, and especially that's more of an emphasis when you play in the big five, which I know has been downplayed many times uh, over the you know past couple of years, but it still means a lot to a lot of people. And of course, they changed the format this year where they turned it into that uh, more seated tournament style for the final day on, on December 2nd there. It just it, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating when you see stuff like that happen. No, I mean, talk about bringing juice to the new Big Five format. Penn provided that juice, and I think there's going to be a lot of it at Wells Fargo. We got that that uh, halftime interview with the the GM of Wells Fargo, too. We did a, actually a really good job describing the entire format of the new Big Five look. So, yeah, they, they came out intense, wanting this game, and Villanova just flat out for, for really 38 of the 40 minutes couldn't keep up not really uh i'm gonna be really curious how these tiebreakers work because penn lost to st joe's villanova just lost to penn if villanova beats st joe's everyone yeah. is one and one uh, right. i have not been able to find the tiebreakers yet for the big five i have done some searching uh so quite curious because that could be villanova could be played in the uh the you know, sixth and fifth place game uh, at two o'clock, or they could be playing the championship game at eight o'clock. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Uh, But listen, they have to get there and beat St. Joe's to even put themselves in that situation. And and as we talked about in our preview, St. Joe's is, is a formidable opponent uh, this year. Yeah. I thought that they were going to be the team to circle in Villanova's pod play before the, before the triple header on that Saturday. I don't think this is film that you throw out. You know, when you just get blown out of the game and the no, coach is just like, yeah, forget yeah. it. Yeah, this is this is one of those games that I think they can pinpoint, I don't know, four, five, six things that absolutely categorically need to improve. Again, because we're talking about bringing Maryland in on Friday night. Hakeem Hart revenge game, the first true power five opponent that Villanova is going to see, the start of their really hard non-conference slate. And that's when it's going to start. And that's when the expectations are going to start coming when the cohesion is going to start to be expected get all the the issues out now so that they can bring some more intensity on friday night get tyler burton the ball more and yeah. uh would love for brendan hausen to be a little bit more selective on some of those threes uh, yes not have his mind made up before the ball uh, touches his hands good point <laughs> good point <laughs> yes we know though we know he can hit him um but some of those shots tonight were rough no i agree uh, I'm excited about our mailbag on Thursday. Me too. Uh, that'll be really good to to get back to it. Actually, for, for people listening to, we are going to be doing that recording on Tuesday night. So if you are listening to this on Tuesday when it drops, send us your questions at S-O-N-N-Pod. You know, we... I'm sure we'll get some fun ones with the the nights that Villanova basketball just endured, but that's why we do it. We love talking and interacting with you guys, so send them through, and you've got a chance to get featured on the episode that, even though we're recording on Tuesday, will drop as normal on Thursday. Yeah, we'll preview Maryland big time in that game. I think, not that you ever want one of these losses, but I think it definitely tempered expectations a little bit, and now Villanova has some... You know they they wanted a little bit more. They they co- they don't coast into Maryland three and zero. They've they don't have a target on their back. But I can't think of the word. But like they've they've got some juice behind what they're trying to do now when they face Maryland, which but I think is good. Said at the top of the show, this was the punch to the mouth. Like it, yeah. it happened early, so it's show that show that you do not have a glass jaw. Something yeah, that pick yourself back up. Felt like it had last year. Mm-hmm. And, and go out there and you've got Maryland coming into the pavilion for a really big Friday night for the Gavit games. That game is going to be scrappy. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and really important because Maryland just dropped two games over the weekend uh, in the in the Asheville championship tournament. So uh, Villanova coming off a loss too. He's going to be two power five programs, as you said, that would really like to for Villanova not start a losing streak and for Willard to uh, get back to winning ways. Yeah. Oh, and the Kevin Willard returned game. Can't forget about that. Pat. There's going to be some juice on Friday night. It's <laughs> it's a big one, which is why it makes this result even more uh, even more disappointing. Yeah. But uh, that's for a win. That's exactly. for a win. But I think you get back to the pavilion on Friday night. That is going to be a really good crowd. Um, and hopefully they can come out with some more energy behind that because, oh man, I, I will not be watching. I usually watch a lot of these games a second time, uh, through on, on DVR to try and break things down. I'm not doing that with, uh, no. with this game on Monday night. No, I agree. Flush mostly, it, play better next time. <laughs> mostly cause I just cannot put myself through that broadcast for a second time, but yeah, that was tough. It was tough. A little bit, a little bit. That's all I got. Same I think game. we we oversimplified it as much as we possibly could by talking for 25 minutes, right? That sounds like <laughs> something we do. <laughs> oh, you exactly. It's just that's par for the course on the show. <laughs> but, all right. That'll do it for us here on the state of the Nova nation podcast. Be sure to check out vuhoops.com for all your Villanova content all season long. I'm sure there'll be plenty of stuff up on this game to pen shortly. On the site, as we talked about, we will be back at it on Thursday for our Maryland preview and mailbag episode. Uh, Rough one at the Palestra on Monday night, but hey, that's Big Five basketball, and it's time for Villanova to get up off the mat. We will talk to you guys on Thursday, and Nova Nation, that's a wrap.